They'll know because they're in a lot of pain. There's only two sources of motivation that will cause us to do the emotional labor of leaving our comfort zone. One is pain, the other one is passion. Welcome to The Syntax Show. And the thing that I've realized from the CEO to the NFL football player to the janitor, we're our toughest critics and we're hardest on ourselves. But you have to be willing to say and point out the things that need to be said. The only way to grab somebody's attention is with a story. Welcome to The Syntax Show with John Toda. My guest today is Phil Johnson. Phil is the founder and CEO of the Master of Business Leadership Coaching Program and a renowned advisor on leadership and emotional intelligence. Phil has proven over the past two decades that there's an underlying energy physics that can make emotional intelligence and inspirational leadership as predictable and quantifiable as any physical science. It's really cool stuff and so topical right now. So I'm excited to have Phil with us today. Phil Johnson, welcome to The Syntax Show. John, thank you. It's, it's great to be on your show. So I love this topic of emotional intelligence. We've done a lot of work in this space, but I think a lot of our listeners and just a lot of the public out there don't really understand what emotional intelligence represents overall. So just to kick us off, tell us a little bit about what emotional intelligence is and the impact it has on leadership. In very simple terms, it's the ability to feel the anxiety that changing innovation creates in us and move through it towards our desired result, as opposed to allowing that anxiety to control us. Got it, got it. And I think a lot of people, I guess, or maybe they confuse the two or they just kind of combine it. Is it really kind of lean heavily on empathy and, and for leaders to have empathy in managing their teams and leading their teams? Uh, empathy is one aspect or one characteristic of emotional intelligence, but it's one of many emotionally intelligent characteristics that get developed and amplified as people go on this journey. Got it, got it. And, and for you, let's go way back and tell us a little bit about your journey and what brought you to this field, because I know when you got started in business, you probably weren't looking at emotional intelligence from the very beginning. How did you kind of grow into this and where did you see the importance along the way? Yeah, great question. Uh, I was born with dyslexia. There were, there were two primary sources of motivation for me to be on the journey uh, that I've been on that enabled me to do what I've been doing for the last 21 years. The first was I was born with dyslexia and because my brain doesn't work the way most people's brains work, it forced me to do a, a lot of what I refer to today as emotional labor. And that helped me to develop insights into myself and others that helped to develop my emotional intelligence. Uh, the second was the death of my uh, mother in uh, December of 1968. In January of 1967, I decided I wanted to, uh, to get on this path, and I've been moving in this direction for the last 54 years. Wow, wow. And so when you got into it, and now you're talking about getting interested in this field in the late 60s into the 70s, and yet it took all the way until, I don't know, maybe it was in the last five years that emotional intelligence became a real buzzword that you hear people talking about all the time. Have you seen it in that same way? Has it taken a really long time for people to get this, for the light to go off, or have we just not known that it's been there? 
Yeah, that's a, another great question. And uh, the answer is yes. We're actually just at the very, very beginning of an understanding of what really emotional intelligence is and uh, its value and importance. Because it's because the development of emotional intelligence is an experiential process and not an intellectual process, you can only connect the dots in hindsight so that it always requires an initial leap of faith to begin doing the emotional labor required that helps us to develop our emotional intelligence. And this industry, I often say on shows like this, that I believe that the the emotional intelligence industry is going to become a multi-trillion dollar industry because it's a fundamental solution to the accelerating rate of global change we're facing. Yeah, and I know you mentioned that when we talked earlier too, that change is happening so fast now, innovation, technology, and I think certainly now we talk about artificial intelligence and robotics and how so much of our workforce is being automated. Is that making this an even more important field now because of how quickly change is coming in these most recent years? Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, that as the rate of change continues to accelerate exponentially, that will create greater amounts of anxiety leading to drama, chaos, and conflict. We have a 500 million year old brain that doesn't like change. So there's, there's significant both biological and sociological resistance that we have to change. So we really need to be working to develop our emotional intelligence to be able to navigate our way through the anxiety that change in innovation creates in us. And from your perspective, and as you're working with people, is it primarily in certain industries that you're focused on? Is it certain roles in business? Tell us a little bit about the types of companies and people that you're working with on, on overcoming some of the challenges. Yeah, I typically work, it, it tends to be high-tech, medical, just high-tech industries in general. People with high IQs tend to have low EQs. And the reason for that is when they get scared, they, they tend to run to their strength and away from their weaknesses. So that if your go-to is having a, an IQ of 160 or thereabouts, then you're much more likely to go in that direction than in the more challenging direction of developing their emotional intelligence. So quite often uh, I see uh, in high-tech industries that it's really a lack of emotional intelligence that creates the uh, toxicity that's holding back business and career success. Yeah, and I know that I've done a bunch of research on skilling up workforces, really to future-proof them as we move forward and, and we face all the, the changes with new technology. Are you seeing the same thing that I saw when I did this research, that emotional intelligence and other skill sets in that area are becoming more and more valuable to real human workers because that's the type of stuff that cannot be replaced by machine learning, artificial intelligence, robotics. Is that another reason why it, it's so important to develop these skill sets in individuals now? Yeah, we really need to, we need, the accelerating rate of global change is requiring us to really focus on unleashing the human potential within our organizations. 
So at the heart of that is the development of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence leads to more inspirational leadership and higher levels of consciousness. So it's really a direction that we've been, we've been avoiding investing in. A lot of the 20th century was about the economies of scale associated with bigness. And the profitability really came from the, from the machines and the people were considered expenses. And in this century, that's reversed. Typically, the value of an organization was twice its net asset value. So when you added up all the tables and chairs uh, and land and multiply by two, that's what stakeholders valued the organization at. Now organizations in some cases are being valued at 40 or 50 times their net asset value because investors and stakeholders are beginning to realize the real value, the real asset is the people within the organization, not the four walls. Right, right. And and I know to that end, you've been an executive coach for so long. You've been doing this for for decades now. Have you started to notice some trends, some things that regardless of the company, regardless of the industry, some things that when you're working with executive teams and, and people in leadership positions, some things that they should always be focused on, things that go overlooked across the board in your decades of doing this? Yeah, there's an increasing urgency for better results than they're currently getting. And really, that's the starting point, whether it's revenue, employee, customer engagement, whatever it is, burnout, this is occurring more frequently in industries like the medical industry. They're looking for a, a new approach. And the development of emotional intelligence is producing hard results that simply can't be ignored. And so I have to ask you, because I've been a part of fast-growing organizations that do exactly what you're talking about, where they're so focused on meeting these high growth, whether it's sales or product development goals, but very fast because they're trying to keep up with competition and the competition's moving fast. And I've seen people get burnt out. I've seen people just, you know, the grind is too much for them. And the leadership team, in a lot of cases, is under the gun as well because they've got investors, they've got a board to answer to, whatever it might be. What are some takeaways for our listeners? What are some best practices when you find yourself in that position? If you are in a leadership position at a high tech company and you're the heat is on you to get results, but you don't want to burn out your team. What are some of the methods or best practices that our, our listeners should be thinking of if they're in that position? The best thing they can do to ensure their success is develop their people, invest in their people. By developing your emotional intelligence, you can literally outcare your competition. Relationship building and purchasing They're emotional activities. Uh, They're made in the limbic section of our brain first. And then after we've decided emotionally whether we want to work with somebody or not, we look for features and benefits to justify the decision we've already made. There's also something called the trust economy that's actually growing much faster than the traditional economy. It's currently estimated at over $10 trillion a year. What it is, what it refers to is because of the accelerating rate of change, people just can't keep up. So they're relying more and more on their network of trusted advisors. 
So your network of trusted advisors, the network of people that trust you and you trust them, that's the most valuable asset you have as an individual or as an organization. Oh, that's a great point because I do, you, you hear it now more and more that you can't really be a master in so many different domains and growing your skill set and making sure everybody knows you have an expertise in a certain area and also having that network of experts that you can lean on is great. And and so now tell us a little bit about the Master of Business Leadership. I, I know you put a really cool video out that I think you sent to me and I took a watch of that. It was uh, kind of why you created it. Tell our audience a little bit kind of what the Master of Business Leadership is and why you created it. Well, the... Um... It's created uh, because of a need to uh, to develop emotional intelligence in order to get better results. And it's a uh, initially it's a it's a four month program and uh, or twenty week program. But there are executives that I've been working with in organizations for over twelve years because the ROI keeps getting greater and greater and greater as you develop and learn to master these the habits and micro skills taught in the in the master of business leadership program and i've been teaching this i've been coaching this for the last 21 years in about 15 different countries so that it's program will work for anybody at any age doing anything so it's not geography dependent it's not age dependent it's it's really not even job dependent uh, the development of emotional intelligence is a fundamental skill that will guarantee future earnings. Yeah, and so it's one of those things that I, I think is unique in a way that it's not vertically dependent because it, it can really apply in any business, any role out there. What have you seen? Who are the people that have come through the program who are getting the most value out of it? Or who's someone who needs the program right now? How would they know that they're in a situation where they could really benefit from something like this? They'll know because they're in a lot of pain. There's only two sources of motivation that will cause us to do the emotional labor of leaving our comfort zone. One is pain. The other one is passion. And for the most part, uh, people are most often driven by pain to pursue better results. So a question that I, I always ask people is, what do you want? That's, a, that's an initial question. And when somebody tells you what they want, they're also telling you what they don't have. And the bigger the gap between where they are versus where they want to be, the more motivated they are to look for a solution to close that gap. So without that motivation, without that sense of urgency, you may want better results, but you won't be willing to do the emotional labor that getting better results requires. Got it. Got it. And and have you noticed with everything that, that we've gone through in the last couple of years with, with the pandemic, what have you noticed with the people you're working with? What kind of impact has that had on people's stress levels, on the ability for them to really employ these emotional intelligence tools now that we've gone so remote and people are not in an office, sitting face-to-face as much, I would imagine that's made it more difficult for people. Actually, it hasn't. And that's another great question. The, The people that have had this emotional intelligence training are standing out as the true leaders within their organizations because of the way they're able to, to handle anxiety, the way they're able to handle the, the drama and chaos that, that often occurs. Other people pick up on that and they're motivated by the behavior and the results 
that these individuals are generating. Times like this are actually great opportunities to separate the real leaders from the leaders that are leaders in title only. Yeah, it's interesting, right? You almost need these situations for the, the cream to rise to the top, for the people who are really prepared, right? Yep. And what are you seeing now? Are there any changes in the challenges that people are dealing with in the last couple of years due to the pandemic? Are the challenges the same as, you know, as far as adapting to change and innovation? I, I do think change has come a little more quickly in some of these areas of technology now and remote work and things like that. I would think that you're probably dealing with a lot of people that that came a little too quickly for their organization, and now they're kind of struggling to adapt to it. Is that something you're seeing? Yeah, there are. I, I want to make a, uh, a couple of comments. First of all, the, the changes we've been through so far are nothing compared to what's coming down the road. The rate of change is going to continue to accelerate exponentially beyond where we are now. The changes that people are going through now are already creating increasing levels of burnout and disengagement. So we really need to be investing on the development of our emotional intelligence because what we're going to see as time goes on is that the demand for and need of it it's just going to continue to increase dramatically. The challenge with the development of emotional intelligence is it takes time. It's, there's no silver bullet. There's no, there's no quick fix. We're not machines. We're biology. And in order to create the new habits, it takes repetition over time so that the, the sooner we can get going down this path, uh, the sooner we can start to get better results that are simply going to increase and become more important as the rate of change continues to accelerate. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you find yourself in a situation that I think so many of us have seen where the leadership above you is maybe the type that thrives on chaos, thrives on conflict. They want that type of turmoil and they kind of, uh, I guess they, they draw energy from it, but it's this negative energy. I know you've talked about some tools and things that you want to put in people's hands so that they can kind of pull that negative energy away. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what the importance is. Yeah, there are the whole objective of the MBL program is to provide those habits and skills in order to be able to exist in those toxic environments and become leaders within those toxic environments to generate better results, to lead the organization in a better direction. So for instance, here's an example. One of the habits we talk about and I talk about in the, uh, in the MBL program is called authentic listening. And the key to authentic listening is not to take anything personally. How somebody feels about you, whether they like you or whether they don't, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with what's going on inside of the other person. How I feel about myself is based on how you feel about me. Who's in control of my life, me or you? You are. If I'm giving away my energy to you to determine how I should feel about me, you're in control of my life. And that often happens. We, we determine how we feel about ourselves based on how others feel about us. If they like us, we like us. If they don't like us, we don't like us. That's one of the habits we change. And so for younger listeners or for parents who have kids who are dealing with that 
in school. And I and the first thing I think of is it, nowadays it's so hard for kids to deal with this, particularly with social media and everything that goes on online is that they're so impacted by what other people think of them and what they're how they're represented out there, whether it's in the real world or online. Do you think it it's something that even starts as young as as kids in grade school and high school? Oh, absolutely. It actually starts much younger than that, but it tends to build in grade school and high school. The attempts kids make at trying to steal each other's energy uh, is pretty obvious and pretty clumsy. But as they get older, they get better at it. They get better at using position-based power to try and control and manipulate others. It's a challenge that uh, begins very early in life. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you had mentioned to me when we spoke last time about really working on changing our trajectory dramatically so that we can survive through this next decade. That sounds a little ominous. Tell our listeners a little bit about what that perspective is all about and what your advice is on that area. Yeah. it Unfortunately, you're exactly right, John. It, it is ominous. We have to change our trajectory because of the growing amounts of drama, chaos, and conflict we're experiencing in everyday life. And unfortunately, that's just going to increase. So we need to develop the ability to be able to handle the anxiety that change produces in us and be able to move through it as opposed to being controlled by that anxiety. The development of emotional intelligence does not eliminate fear. Fear is not the enemy. Emotional intelligence enables us to feel the fear and move through it towards the vision of our desired results, what we're trying to achieve, as opposed to allowing that fear to control us. That's the real advantage of emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And and for all of our listeners who want to learn more about this, they may be hearing this for the first time or hearing it framed the way you're you're doing it for the first time, where can they learn more about you, your program, and maybe even just capture some of the content you're putting out there? Sure. The best way to reach me is through my LinkedIn profile, just Phil Johnson. And in my profile, there's a calendar link and we can connect via Zoom. I'd be happy to, uh, to meet with uh, anybody who would like additional information. That's great. And what's the website if people want to learn more about the Master of Business Leadership Program? Uh, where should they go and check it out? Well, it's actually a, a, a large website. It's Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Phil Johnson. And on that site, there's uh, my, uh, my own uh, podcast, uh, books I've written and published, and some, uh, some free resources, and again, a, a way to, uh, to connect with me via Zoom. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, we'll put the Linktree link in the show notes. So it's Linktree Phil Johnson. And, and for anybody who's not familiar with Linktree, uh, just look for that in the show notes, because it sounds like you've got a ton of content that's available, the podcast, as well as a lot of other resources. So that's a great place for people to check out, right? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I've been uh, I've been busy. Yeah, you uh, you've been at this for a while, so you, you've obviously got a lot of content and uh, and a lot of expertise available for our audience who wants to explore it a little bit further. So. 
Phil, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show, share with us your story. Tell us a little bit about kind of the importance of emotional intelligence. I think it's it's so critical right now, and it's just another tool that people can have at their disposal when they're dealing with these chaotic and, and times full of conflict. So thank you for, for sharing what you did today. My pleasure. Pleasure being on your show. And to all of our listeners, be sure to check out Phil's Linktree page. Check out uh, the LinkedIn connection there. I, I know I follow Phil and he's got lots of good content there as well. And wherever you're listening, be sure to subscribe. We've got new episodes that come out every week. So make sure you subscribe and leave us comments. We'd love to hear from you guys. And until our next episode, happy learning. Hey everyone, John Tota here. I want to thank you for tuning into the show each week. We love our Learning Life community and are so grateful for your support. We'd appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate us and write a review for Learning Life wherever you're listening right now. Your ratings and comments help new people find the show so we can keep growing our community and bring great interviews on the topics you care most about. 